This is Valley Views, our weekly conversation with influential and interesting folks from around the Wet Mountain Valley. Today on Valley Views, we're visiting with Lenny Tischler, who is one of the founders and the artistic director of the long-ago Wet Mountain Valley Jazz Festival. It started in 1983. He's in town for a visit, and we thought we'd get him and get some history of uh, jazz in the valley. Lenny, welcome to the program. Uh, Thank you. I'm happy to be here. It's a pleasure to have you here. You know, the radio station is involved with a lot of the live music and... uh, one of the first things that happened in the Valley was this jazz festival. Yeah. And I've been here 15 years, and it was before my time. Uh-huh. So it goes way back. Take us back to those early days. What <laughs> was the catalyst? Uh, jazz in the Valley doesn't seem like a natural necessarily. Well, it's a story. <laughs> and so I'm going to go back to, let's say, 1982, maybe even 1981. So there was music in the valley, you know, there was a, a lot of folk music, a lot of country music. And there was also a brand new arts council. I think, I can't remember the name, it's probably the Westcliff or Custer County Arts Council. And they used to meet at the library on Main Street here. Well, one day I walked in and Kathy Tonshing was there. I think Mitchell Kaufman was there. There was a few people having a meeting. And when I walked into the library, Kathy looked at me and she said to me, Lenny, if you were going to do something here in the Valley artistically, what would you like to do? And I knew immediately what it was. And I said, a jazz festival. And she said, oh, well, that's a good idea. Well, let's talk about it. And she continued her her meeting and I went back to my house. And the next day I got a phone call and she said to me, Lenny, would you like to create this jazz festival? And I said, no, I would not. (laughs) I don't want to. And then she called me again and I capitulated because deep down inside, I thought this would really be a fun project. Uh, You referred to yourself as a co-founder. Who were the others uh, that were on the front end? Kathy Tonsing. Okay. And her husband, Dave, he was, he was there to help to do whatever needed to be done. And a man named Albert Burney, who lived here years and years ago. He was a retired something from Baltimore. But anyway, he was interested in funding this. And he was um, basically a fundraiser. Okay. That is an important part of a festival, that's for sure. Absolutely. Now, Lenny, you're a player yourself. Yes. A, a jazz aficionado. Yeah. You said you played bass and piano when we were talking earlier. Yeah. Jazz is a huge genre. Where do you gravitate? During that time and even now, my main years of jazz that I was interested in was in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. Okay. We would call it the bebop era. And who were some of the artists that you listened to if you went home and put on a record? Oh, yeah. It would be Charles Mingus. Mm -hmm. Thelonious Monk was very big. And all the people, Miles Davis, the people from that particular era okay. of jazz. So pretty avant-garde uh, back in the day. <laughs> yeah, we call it pretty much standard now, but yes, it was, yes. Let's talk a little bit about that festival. You said it started in 83? Uh, yes. Where was it held? How many people attended? Who were f- some of the first acts? Uh, it's a wonderful story to retell because it makes me very nostalgic. We started fundraising in 82, and I remember going to Coors Brewery, and there was a man named uh, Dick. Uh, I forgot his name. But anyway, he was a jazz aficionado in um, 
uh, Denver. But we raised some money. Uh, the main contributors were Coors Beer and the Conquistador Ski area. Ski area. Are they still here? No. Uh, no. Yeah. Long, long gone. Yeah. The, the scars are still on the mountain. Yes, I, I, I've seen those in the winter. So they each gave us a couple of hundred dollars, probably 500 from each, and that got us off the ground. We had some money to work with. And from there on, we started to fundraise some more. We started to organize, and it was held... Over here at the mill, which was the restaurant, the old mill. The feed uh, store restaurant? The feed store, mm-hmm. yeah. In the back of the feed store was an empty lot. And what Dave Tonsing was able to do for us, he got a couple of flatbeds. We nailed in a bunch of plywood, and we made a stage, and he made a shell out of plywood, and it was pretty basic, fundamental stuff. <laughs> How many folks do you think attended the first one? We had a couple of hundred, maybe two, three, maybe 400 at the most. And do you recall some of the acts? Absolutely. Well, I got on the phone, and I started to hunt down talent. And one of the people that I started to hunt down was a man named, unfortunately not with us anymore, Ralph Sutton, who's a great, great, wonderful uh, stride piano player. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody knows what stride piano is. Absolutely. But it's it, one of my favorites. Uh, ba- back in that uh, 20s. and uh, That's right. Back in that era, Willie the Lion Smith, uh, Lucky Thompson, um, Johnson. Uh, gosh, I'm my age is showing. <laughs> forgetting their names. But anyway, yeah. And Ralph, Ralph was from that tradition of stride piano. And I called him up, and he was so gracious. And he said, yeah, yeah, man, <laughs> I'll do that. I'll come down. So he was our star. Um, the other one was a, a wonderful jazz vocalist. She was a, a true jazz vocalist, Noreen Jackson. She was living in Denver at the time, but she had been all over the jazz world. So she came down also with a trio. Were there jazz fans already in the valley, or did you turn some of the local residents into jazz fans? There were no jazz fans here. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, did people travel uh, to this first one? We, we we were able to promote the festival up in Denver and Colorado Springs. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember if uh, Tim Duffy helped out. And I'll tell you, uh, Barney Stone owned a little store here just uh, west of Main Street. And it was actually a little gift shop. Barney Stone's son, Kim Stone, was a bass player for Spirogyra. And he put me them. in touch with a couple of people. Okay. And Kim, Kim and I got together a couple of times to talk. We even got together to actually play one time. And um, so he turned me on to some people to call and just started to snowball. And I started to find people that I thought would be good talent here. Now, the jazz festival lasted over 20 years. Yeah. Fast forward uh, to some of the later festivals how many folks attended? Was it in the same place? Oh, you had some big names here. Oh, we did. What, we what did. were some of the big names? Clifford Jordan, Nat Adderley, Johnny Smith, actually, who, who's a guitar player who uh, mm-hmm. it was up in the Springs. And Johnny Smith didn't really want to come down, but he, he submitted to begging and, and uh, cajoling, and he finally gave in to come down. And he, he was beautiful. Spike Robinson, Barry Harris, who was really one of the absolute great uh, piano players, bebop piano players, uh, people like that. Uh, yeah. and, and did the festival continue to be on the same site in that same venue? We changed it. Uh, we changed it to the town park, 
and we were able to raise some money and we put up a tent in the town park, a very large tent. I think it was 60 feet by 90 feet. Okay, that's, uh, that's a good sign. At, at, at the zenith of the festival, how many folks might, at, might say have attended? For the weekend, because it was a weekend festival, we had two days, 1,500 to 2,000 people. That's a good, that's a very good number. Absolutely. That's a very good number. Now, Roland Williams uh, was a DJ here for many years. He's now in Taos. Mm -hmm. But he used to say about the festival, you know, the challenge with holding a festival here in town is jazz people don't camp. And, <laughs> and, and hotel space is limited and that sort of thing. Yeah. What, was there a ring to reality with that, or do you see it differently? I think what they did was they made day trips. And okay. they came down from Den mostly Denver and Colorado Springs, and then even down in Gardner, they would come up, and then from the outlying towns, you know, Buena Vista, uh, Salida, mm -hmm. people were coming in from there. And I think they were making day trips. The ones who stayed over were getting rooms here. I don't think there was a lot of camping. I think there was RVs. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Lenny, were you here when the festival ended? I know you lived here, and then you've moved to Santa Fe at, at some right. point. Well, I was here for the, f I, I moved from here in 85, so we started it in 83, but I came up, Kathy and I would organize the jazz festival over the phone with okay. each other, and uh, I think my, this was in the days when we had phone bills, and I just remember <laughs> <laughs> being on the phone day and night with either Kathy or uh, Albert and just organizing it. And, um, yeah, all the time. So I came up here for a good 10 years after that. Okay. Yeah, if my memory serves. And mm -hmm. were you involved when the festival ended? No, I wasn't. Do you know how it ended, what the, what I, the reasoning? I don't know because I, start, I came up for the 20th anniversary, which, what was that, 93. Mm -hmm. And the year before that, we had done a wonderful Thelonious Monk Festival and gotten some great players I want to interject something here. The idea was that we wanted to, rather than having the biggest stars in the world coming here, which we couldn't afford anyway, was to promote regional jazz and regional jazz musicians. Mm -hmm. Because I, I know there's a tremendous amount of talent here in this area, Denver, Colorado Springs, Pueblo. And that's what we wanted to promote. We wanted this to be a hometown home feeling jazz festival we didn't want it to be a star studded one mm -hmm. although we always had one or two big stars as you say there's always been a large jazz scene in denver and yes. colorado springs i know yeah, right as we were saying earlier the genre of jazz is huge what sorts of acts did you have here what played in peoria if you will yes and it played well in peoria actually <laughs> We, we didn't stick to bebop. There was a lot of the, the bebop era players, but we did have what people refer to as Dixieland. That's not a oh. really fair uh, version of it. It's traditional American jazz style from New Orleans. So we had a few people up here that played that. One of them was uh, Fred. Oh, goodness. Uh, he was a Ph.D. student from University of Colorado, and he was... Redoing Duke Ellington's music with a horn trio. It was uh, the early Duke Ellington from the 20s and 30s. Mm -hmm. a, a man named uh, Zimbabwe in Kenya, who was actually an Albuquerque artist from Africa. And we had some African-oriented jazz. And then the thing that I'm kind of proud of from my wife, because she said, you know, you need gospel music here. 
So we went out and recruited some really wonderful gospel choruses that came here. And not only that, but I used to say, Sunday morning is gospel music, so all you <laughs> heathens and sinners better show up. And that was a big hit. It's just like the Bluegrass Festival, which is approaching uh, 20 years itself. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, Sunday morning is is traditional bluegrass gospel. Well, I'm going to brag and say I think you guys, we, I think we thought of that for you guys. Well, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, Lenny, I really appreciate learning more about the, the history of the festival. Uh, let's talk about the name. You said Wet Mountain Valley Jazz Festival, and you said that it changed, uh, off mic here, you said it changed to, to Jazz in the Sangres. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, toward the end. So, yes. Be- became known as that. Yeah. Okay. Now, Lenny, you are a jazz musician yourself. Yes. Uh, your instruments? Bass. Basically, when I perform, it's on the bass. And you said you also play the piano. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Within the last week, uh-huh. I have uh, taken a uh, CD out of, off the shelf to listen to uh, Art Tatum, one of my, one of my favorite oh, uh, yeah. uh, pianists. Uh, yes, I love yes. his style. Mm-hmm. I love his uh, selections and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And my wife plays a lot of uh, Scott Joplin and rags back love in it. back Be- in that era. Beautiful, what, love it. Who are your go-to people on piano? What I've been practicing lately are tunes by Thelonious Monk, uh, Monk's Mood, Ruby, My Dear. Monk is one of my favorite uh, musicians, and I used to see him in New York when I was there. Um, um, if you have ever want to have another hour and a half or four or five hours of interview. I can tell you about my experience there. But anyway, Monk, Thelonious Monk, yeah. A classic for sure. Yeah. Lenny, I really appreciate you stopping by. Any final thoughts for folks out there? I would say this, that I, I feel proud of the work that the Arts Council did here. I'm, I'm very happy to have been part of developing a jazz culture and uh, more of a music culture in the Wet Mountain Valley. It's, I think it has really enhanced it. And I'll tell you what else. I think it helped the economy here. I remember back then, a lot of people, we had 1,000 people coming in a day to go to the jazz festival. They had to buy gas. They had to buy food. They had to go to the grocery store. So it really helped the economy here. And I think although people may not have loved jazz, I think they learned a little bit about it. I also think, most importantly, it was good for the kids. And the community still is a big music community, starting with jazz, I suspect. It wasn't when I came here. Maybe there was um, one or two local guys that played country music, um, but there wasn't a jazz, there there wasn't a music culture here and there is now and i believe there i believe so lenny thanks for stopping by i'm so happy you invited me to come here thank you and next time we visit i want to visit with a story i heard from the daughter of the folks who built the house we live in she said she stopped by one time uh, unannounced we didn't know her and she said you should know herbie mann recorded his last album Hmm. In, in that house. Wow. And I wonder if there's a kernel of truth to that. So uh, we can visit know. those kind of things yeah. uh, <laughs> in the future. Yeah. Uh, we've been visiting with Lenny Tischler, co-founder and artistic director for many years of the Wet Mountain Valley Jazz Festival, which became Jazz in the Sangres. My name's Gary, and we'll see you next time on Valley Views. You've been listening to Valley Views on KLZR 91.7 FM. Valley Views airs Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 a.m. and 6 p.m. and again on Saturdays at 10 a.m. 
Valley Views is produced by the volunteers of KLZR 91.7 FM. I'm walking on a rainbow with my feet on solid ground. I'm walking on a rainbow.